Hello, saints. What a beautiful day that the Lord has given us. Another opportunity to do the will of God and draw, and draw closer to him. Today's a great day. I've been in a great mood. Um, Y'all ever be in that like situation where it's like you say, okay, I'm going to just say this. I talk to myself a lot and out loud. Um, so most of the time when I'm talking to myself or when I'm talking to God out loud, I'll say something in a certain way and it reminds me of a song so then I start singing a song and then the song reminds me of another song um and it just turns into this loop so that's what I've been doing all day um but let's talk about um this topic um this topic is something that I've wanted to talk about for a long time and it's very sensitive to this world because it's something that most people don't realize or talk about and um that is realizing what enters our life and in our soul. And this could be music, spiritual activities, what we watch, who we hang out with, or just how and what and even who we live for. Um, and we are going to hit on each of those topics today um, and realize how our daily routines and habits can potentially create a boundary between us and God. But first, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for waking us up, God. Lord, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to see another day, a beautiful day. Lord, thank you for the promises that you have given us, God. Lord, thank you for the sign that you have given me yesterday that if you feed the birds, God, that you will feed me and my family. And Lord, that you if you take care of the trees and if you take care of all the creatures in this world that you will take care of me. And God, I, I ask that you continue to protect us. I ask that you continue to lead us and guide us. That when we read your word, that you give us clarity and understanding so that we may go out and proclaim your message and spread the gospel so that other people may hear your word and hear your love through us, God. Lord, I ask that you come in now. You're already here. And God, I ask that you speak through these clay lips for a better understanding and better clarity. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, um, and as a reminder, I just want to tell you some things that I use when studying the Bible and trying to get a better understanding of what I'm reading. Um, the Bibles that I use are the Version Bible that you can get mainly online for both online and Android users. Um, and I also use a study Bible, uh, called Discover God Study Bible. It's in the New Living Translation version, and it goes deeper into the verses um, for each verse at the end of the, um, at the bottom of the pages. Um, and I'll link both of those Bibles in the descriptions below. And then I also use a commentary called Enduring Word, and this is an online free, online free um, website and app uh, for both iPhone and Android users. And that link will also be in the descriptions below as well with the scriptures and the references that I'll be focusing on today. So the first thing that we're going to um, look at is music, the effects of music and how we should be careful on how music enters our life. Now, with music, it can be easy to think that music doesn't, you know, have a huge in, in, uh, effect on us, but it does. For example, so when I cook um, I'm not the best cook. I mean, it looks good, but some of the times they don't be tasting good. But anyhow, um, when I cook, I like to listen to like funky music, like James Brown or, um, 
earth, wind and fire, you know, something groovy. Um, and it makes me feel better about myself, even when the food doesn't really taste that great. <laughs> um, maybe that's just me or I can't cook. Who knows? I don't know. But um, I make food and I'm, you know, making like a new recipe or something and it looks okay. But it just doesn't taste good. So I just be hyping myself up. I'd be like, eh, you know, it don't taste good, but I'm the only one that got to eat it. You know what I'm saying? And the music kind of helps me feel a little bit better. Um, you know, and I'll eat it because like, it's not horrible, but I also wouldn't give it to somebody else. Anywho, it doesn't matter. Um, I like to listen to that type of music when I cook. Um, and that could be the same for you. Like if, um, you were to work out or if you're out with your friends, you would play, um, rap music or, uh, R&B or music with a lot of bass. And when we listen to rap music specifically, it makes us feel more motivated to do the workouts or it helps us to get more hype in general. Um, but with this, we aren't really listening to what is being said or the message that is being sung in the song, like with rap music. You hear more of the bass at times and it tunes out the lyrics. That's the same thing with R&B. You know, you may hear the background noises and the dings and the vocal, the vocals and the background singers, then the actual meaning of the lyrics and this is what I've learned with music. It's that the sound of the music weakens our discernment. And when we listen, I feel like y'all can hear me swallowing. <laughs> if y'all can hear me swallowing, I am so sorry. But I feel like you can. But any, anyhow, that okay. But yes, the the sound it wink it weakens our discernment. And when we listen to certain music. It makes us feel a certain way. You know, it's a it's a spiritual effect. You know, like when you listen to jazz, it makes you feel calm and relaxed. The same thing with classical music. But classical music, but they be busting through. Um, even if, even when you listen to a good drum line, it makes you want to move. I know that when I listen to a good drum line, I'm like, hey, hey, you know, it makes you want to move, makes you want to even move your hips, maybe. Um, and if you were, you know, to go to a black church and you hear praise music, it makes you want to shout or leap, you know, the, the, dun, 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 you know, that, that sound, it makes you want to shout. It makes you want to praise. It makes you want to move. It makes you want to dance. And these movements and these motives that we have are because of the sound, which influences our actions and it can weaken our discernment. And this is important to know as a believer of Christ. And sometimes we forget that the music that we listen to can have a huge impact on how we live and think. If we continue to listen to music that has the themes that constantly talk about, you know, getting money illegal, illegally or murdering or having an appropriate uh, relationship, doing drugs, then sooner or later, that is going to be our motive. And if we continue to listen to these things, they will become our life. And when you listen to music that is pulling you away from Christ, then sadly, sooner or later, you may feel being feel like you're being pulled and turned away. And this is not a matter of, oh, if I listen to this music immediately, I'm going to want to steal or do drugs. But it's the matter of your heart changing. Your heart will still get hardened by what the world makes you think is acceptable and not, you know, saying that something really to worry about 
but it plays a huge role in how you conduct yourself. So um, it was a challenge that Jackie Hill Perry had presented when she was on her podcast with Tim Ross. And she was like, um, go on a 30-day music fast. Meaning that if you, you know, consistently listen to R&B, um, rap, hip-hop, indie, uh, all, all the things, you know what I'm saying? If you, if you listen to those types of music, to those types of, but to that type of music, um, try switching it to gospel, you know, um, and try that for 30 days and you will see a difference, you know, and we, when you do it, it's not a matter of, well, I can't wait to get back to Kalani. Can't wait to get back to Beyonce after I'm done with these 30 days. You know, it's, it, it's more than that. You know, it's more than just, oh, let me do this so I can go right back to it. It's more so like, I'm doing this so that I can see a difference. I'm doing this because is what I, I'm letting entering my life have an influence on me. You know, if I, if I only indulge things of God, how different will my life be? How different will I see other people? How different will I see topics if I'm only indulging in what God wants for me? You know what I'm saying? Um, and even with that, Tim Ross had um, suggested it as well. He was like, print out the lyrics to the songs that you used to listen to and just read them out loud. Don't listen to the sound. Read them out loud because that's the that's the the point of the sound. The sound is weakening your discernment. When you hear a good bass, it's like boom, 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 boom. Like that sounds good, but it's weakening your discernment. You're not, you, do you see what I'm saying? Like you're not being able to fully grasp what is being preached through that song. So when you sit down and you look at the lyrics and you read them out loud, and then you hear the motives that are behind the songs, you're like, okay, well, do I truly believe in that? Is that how I want to live my life? And how is that having an influence on my life? How is that, you know, affecting me and how I look at other people? So that is, those could be some of the effects of music. Um, the second thing are spiritual activities. And when I say spiritual activities, you probably think of like, you know, worship or um, baby, go to the dark side, think of Ouija boards and, uh, witchcraft spells, all the things. And that's what we're going to talk about. Like in, in the Bible, we see that we, as a people, sadly, we mess up. We worship other gods. We see that in Exodus 32. Um, was it Exodus 32? I believe so. With Aaron, um, in the Israelites after they came out of Egypt and they had made the golden calf. We see that with them um, and other situations. Um, and these things happen every, uh, happens today. You know, you may have heard these things, these actions being referred as the term new age witchcraft or just new age in general. And actually these actions aren't new at all. They're just been, they've just been perverted and adjusted to a new generation. Like witchcraft, for example, it's gaining power from any other means other than God. 
that we see witchcraft now, not just in tarot card readings, not in palm readings and doing spells, but we see it in burning sage, manifesting to the universe, astrology, and even yoga. Now, okay, listen, with the burning of sage, you can burn sage, okay? Like, it's okay to burn sage in your home. Like, sage is it's literally in dressing and in food. You know what I'm saying? But what should be concerning and looked upon is your heart posture. I'm not justifying that you can do all these things with a with a good heart posture because if your heart was in a good heart was in a good posture, it wouldn't be able to accept these things so easily without being convicted because these are things that are an abomination to God. And we see this type of activity heavily in Second Kings chapter 21 verse 1 through 6. Ooh, y'all, y'all not ready for the story. Okay, so Manasseh or Manasseh, I think I, I think his name is Manasseh, but we're going to be in 2 Kings 21, verse 1 through 6. It starts off with Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. Notice the age. He was 12 years old when he became king and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hephzibah. I think that's her name, Hephzibah. Mm-hmm. Um, he did what was evil in the Lord's sight, imitating the detestable practices of the nations that the Lord had dispossessed before the Israelites. He rebuilt the high places that his father Hezekiah had Hezekiah had destroyed and reestablished the altars for Baal. He made an Asherah as King Ahab of Israel had done. He also bowed and worship to all the stars in in the sky and serve them. He built altars in the Lord's temple where the Lord had said, Jerusalem is where I'll put my name. He built altars to all the stars in the sky in both courtyards of the Lord's temple. He sacrificed his son in the fire, practiced witchcraft and divination, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did a huge amount of evil in the Lord's sight, angering him. Okay, obviously this man was going crazy for the wrong reasons. I mean, this man was a menace. Hello? And God destroyed Jerusalem so badly that whoever heard it would shudder. Now, in verse 13, God says, And I will wipe Jerusalem clean as one wipes a bowl, wiping it and turning it upside down. Literally, I read that out loud and shook. I shuddered. No joke, bro. No, no joke. He said we would shudder. And y'all, I was scared for them. I was like, mm, crazy, you know. Okay. And this should teach us and help us to know that one, don't disobey God. Two, don't think that God's playing with y'all because he, he ain't. He's not playing with us. And three is that witchcraft is demonic. If we are searching for power of our um. If we're searching for power or our identity and other means than God, then it's demonic. What this world wants you to accept is that you can call yourself a child of God and live according to the society's culture. And that's just not true. It's, it's not a matter of both. Okay. It's one or the other. There's no and option. And honestly, as you know, followers of Christ, we shouldn't want both. We can't be a follower of Christ and claim to be a Cancer or, or a Capricorn 
because that's not our identity. We are a child of God, the most high. You know, we can't be a follower of Christ and smoke because the only thing we need is the Holy Ghost. Okay, that actually sounded a lot less corny in my head. But do you see where I'm getting? Do you see where I'm getting at? You know, and we're reminded in Ephesians 6, 12, it says for our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. So let's think about it for a minute. I saw um, a video of um, Pastor Stephanie Ike. Um, and she said, she said it best, you know, she said, it's not that just somebody woke up and said, Hey, let's make this a trend. No, there, there are spirits behind what trends. There are spirits that influence what is shaping culture. Everything is spiritual. There are spiritual means behind influences and what you may think is for a culture. It's for a kingdom. And the question is, what kingdom is this for? And to make it a little bit easier for you, there's only two kingdoms. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. So the question today is, what kingdom are you serving? And even with this, we shouldn't want more apart from God because he is enough. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is enough because he provides for our needs. Whatever you may think that the world may, you know, provide to you, it's not going to be enough. It's temporary. God is eternal and God is the only one that can give us eternal peace, eternal joy, eternal hope, eternal faith, eternal strength. And like I said in the last episode, we may look to the world to fill our holes, but we will only find things that are temporary or things that are also that also have holes, which leave us empty. God is the only one that can truly fill us and make us whole and leave no residue. All right, so we move into the third subject, which is what we watch. This is also very, very, very important. In Proverbs 4, uh, 23, we are told to guard our hearts above all else, for it is the source of life. And with this, I like to think that what we see and hear also also flows to our heart. For example, if we hear and see bad constantly with our eyes and our ears it will change our heart posture and we may start to do bad but if we start if we see and hear good constantly with our eyes and our ears it will change our heart posture and we will we will um do good and when we guard our our eyes and our ears from evil things we will be pulled to what we should do according to god's will And our heart posture will start to change and produce the fruits of the spirit. And the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and and self-control. Some things that we shouldn't watch are like inappropriate movies, horror movies, pornography, and anything that is not of God. Okay, one thing, okay, one thing I'd like to dive into 
um, is the rating of movies. And some may find this controversial or, you know, not even important. But I see it as a subdued issue that people normalize. Like when a movie says that it's PG or PG-13 or rated R, like each rating shows you who can and can't watch the movie. And I'm not saying that the ratings are bad. I'm saying that the fact that there is a rating on it and it is restricted from a certain viewer when in actuality, no one should be watching the movies that are R-rated or MA, etc. You know what I'm saying? Like if there's a limit to what someone can watch, why is it even publicized and made? Why is it made known? Like horror movies, for example. This is just something I will never understand, never can understand. You have your opinion, I have my opinion. But if something is scary, it should not be entertaining. That's just scary. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's concerning why someone would want to watch something that is inten- intentionally scary and demonic. And some may wonder why they have anxiety, why they have depression, suicidal thoughts, stress, or they can't sleep. Some people are going to sleep to these things and indulging them, making them feel uneasy. And God doesn't want this for us. Uh, God does not want this for us. That's just, that's just something I just wanted to hit on because it's like, it's just weird. To me, it's weird and it's unsettling that scary movies are starting to, like horror movies are starting to be more publicized. And I'm like, why would you want to watch that? You know what I'm saying? Um, the other thing, uh, the other prevalent thing that people may watch, sadly, is pornography. And honestly, porn is just a really perverted version of what love is. And some may run to it for comfort. Some may run to it for stability. Or they may run to it because they're running away from the feeling of being rejected. Um... And it's a great way of how the enemy wants you to view pleasure. You know, I've had some friends and some people that I've overheard saying that they watch it. And the enemy is starting to target young adults and children. We see that with Manessa. He became king, but he was 12. He started out young. My boy for 55 years was doing evil in the sight of the Lord. You know what I'm saying? And he, the enemy knows that we are a generation that has the power to rise up. You know, and not to follow the ways of this world, but to live according to God's will. He knows that if he can distract you just a little bit more and let you know that, you know, the things that you do of this world is fun. That it's the only way to live life. You might as well, you might, you know, you might as well do it anyway. And it'll be okay. That's what they, that's what he did to Eve. Eve was like, nah, bruh, nah. If I eat from this tree, <laughs> I'm gonna die, <laughs> okay? If I eat from this tree, I'm gonna die. He was like, nah, but, I mean, like, yeah, but, like, you could also gain wisdom. She was like, mm, okay. All right. You know what I'm no. Honestly, that that's the start of witchcraft. I mean, if you want to say it, because witchcraft is, is getting power um, you know, from other means other than God. So we need to be, as children of God, 
wake up, get up. We are not to bow to society's remedies, but to bow before the Lord our God. The enemy doesn't, write this down, the enemy the enemy doesn't, hasn't, and will never win. We have victory through Christ Jesus because he has paid the price of all of our sins and has given us the gift of eternal life through him. The road ain't easy. This Christian life is not easy. God said, if they hated me, they gonna hate you. This road is not easy. But it's the best decision you could ever make for your entire life. Throughout the journey, the world may look tempting because we live in a world of sin. We live in a flesh house. We are going to struggle. We are going to have to go through trials and tribulations. But let me tell you something about God's grace and mercy and how good he is. He wants us to surrender all of our worries and struggles at his feet. Lay it at the altar. Take your burdens to Jesus and he will carry you through it all. And God tells us that we we are not alone. He he wants us to realize that the things that we do of of the world is not right. And we see this in Job 33, verse 14 through 18. It says, For God speaks time and again, but a person may not notice it. In a dream, a vision in the night, when deep sleep comes over people as they slumber on their beds, he uncovers their ears and terrifies them with the warnings in order to turn a person from his actions and suppress the pride of a person. God spares his soul from the pit, his life from crossing the river of death. God will protect us from danger. Yeah, it may be scary at first. Let me tell you something that's scary. Them angels, them angels are scary, okay? I may not know what they look like, but they sound scary. Because two things, the angels say two things. Like throughout the, throughout the Bible, if an angel had to appear to someone, they would say two things. They would say, fear not and get up. How are you going to tell me to fear not? You a scary being. You know what I'm saying? It, you know, it may be scary, but he is protecting us from that danger. He will direct our path and order our steps. But it's up to us to let him in. You know, we can't let him take the wheel, but then we're in charge of the brake and the gas pedal. We have to trust that he is walking with us through it all because he is. He is always with us. He wants you to trust him. Um, the fourth thing, and I think this is the last thing. Yes, okay. The fourth thing to be careful about is who we hang with and what we live for. Who we hang with is crucial to our walk with Christ. God calls us to have a community and to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we are reminded of this in Hebrews 10 verse 19 through 25 says therefore brothers and sisters since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus he has inaugurated for us a new living way through the curtain that is through his flesh um that's what they mean by curtain this through his flesh um and since we have a great high priest over the house of God let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our body washed in pure water. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope 
without wavering, since he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. We are called to join together in love to worship and praise God. We were made to worship me. We are we are beings that are made to worship and to tell people and to share the gospel and how God has made a way for us. That's what we're made to do. And, you know, I'm just putting it out there. I love to talk about God. So, you know, if you want to talk about God with me, you know, on a daily basis, you know what I'm saying? You know, just expand the community. Hit me up. You know what I'm saying? Hit me up. It's a girl up. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Because I honestly, let's let's just be, you know, transparent i need some more friends in the faith you know what i'm saying i need some more and if you're new to the faith come on in i like you all you know what i'm saying um that's just i'm i'm just put that in there anyhow um it's important to it's important to commune with people that are in good influence and when we surround ourselves with people that will drift us away from God, we start to be influenced by their actions and by that spirit. You know, I said everything is spiritual and be in a place of confusion. And we are reminded by Paul in 2 Corinthians, Corinthians, Corinthians 6 and 14 says, do not be yoked together with those who do not believe. For what partnership is there between righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship does light have with darkness first of all paul was writing up a storm i mean that boy was going crazy i mean hats up hats off to him you know what i'm saying he he was talking to all to the all of the churches you're just going off with them letters but looking at this it's true there is no partnership no relatability no connection between light and darkness absolutely none and as a follower of christ We are to be focused on God. We aren't perfect. We may slip up, but we are not to intentionally connect our identity with things of the world because we are not of the world, but in the world. And Paul goes on to say in verses 16 and 18 of um, 2 Corinthians 6, um, it says, And what agreement does the temple of God have with idols? We are that temple. We are that temple. Uh, for we are, uh, it just says it, <laughs> for we are the temple of the living God. And God says, I will dwell and walk among them and I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch any unclean thing and I will welcome you. I will be a father to you and you will be the sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. When God says, come out from among them and be separate, he is saying that we are to be different from the world. We are not to do the things of the world, but to preach his gospel to the world so that all of the world may know who he is and his goodness and mercy and his love for us. We are called to be the salt of the earth. I love this. I love this verse. In Matthew five thirteen to 16, Jesus calls us to be the salt of the earth and, and that if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be salty? Let's, let, let's break that down. We are to have some life and some taste of God. That's why we, we see in Psalms, 
34 yes psalms 34 and 8 we are to taste and see that the lord is good and if we lose that taste how are we supposed to tell people about the goodness of god he said it's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet he says that if we lose our taste we are to be like the world we you know you might as well be like the world if you if you lose your taste he says that we are the light of the world we are not to hide our light but shine for others to see and that light is not you know all of our own but it's the light of Jesus Christ living inside of us and that light cannot be dimmed okay it's too bright so stop hiding stop hiding behind false identities stop hiding behind false narratives and and fantasies of 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 you know things that the world may have told you to think of or like you know you have to be this way you have to be this way we are called to be god's children come out of that darkness and let people know the love of god and that god loves you and as followers of christ we must continue to uplift each other and encourage each other so that we may go out and spread the good news and yeah be careful what goes in that enters your life and we have two questions and just to put that out here okay um when i do the questions I, I look i'm not mad at y'all i'm not mad at y'all i'm just you know giving y'all a friendly reminder but when i put the little section on the instagram that says what questions do you have um for the sake of both of us please try to think of a question or you know try to put down a question you know if you miss it it's okay follow my other um instagram jesus is calling 24 7 and you'll see that same post up on that story on that account as well so if you miss it you have another place to go to and if you miss that one you can just dm me <laughs> you can contact me um you know i'm just putting that out there but we have two questions and they're really good questions actually um, the first question is, how should I learn to accept things that aren't for me? Um, and with this, I kind of, I kind of, I, it had the same meaning to the question, but um, I, I rearranged it a little bit so that it was easier for me to understand because um, it was a, it's a good question. It, it just, I'm slow a little bit. So I think she means, um, I think they mean that how do I finally accept that certain things are not for me to indulge and uh entertain which is a great question um and i first want to start off by saying that jesus wants you to come as you are you know we don't we don't clean up ourselves before we take a shower he will accept you with open arms and when you repent and accept jesus as your lord and savior he will start to turn your life around and because of the grace and the love of God, he will start to change your heart, refine you, and help you understand his love for you. And he will start to show you the things that you do for the world are not what God has called you to do. And he will show you um, his will for your life. 
And as you continue to seek God, you are um, you're also starting to seek things that are of God, like fellowshipping with others in Christ by, you know, going to church or Bible study or participating in communion. You know, you'll start to see um, that the things of the world are not worth indulging in, you know, and won't benefit you in your walk with God. You know, for me, this is my testimony. You know, when I accepted Jesus into my life, um, I started to realize that I had idols that I thought would serve me greatly, <laughs> like social media or relationships and the content that I would indulge, you know. Um, and I started to realize that they didn't serve a purpose for me to getting closer to God, but it was going to drift me away slowly from God because it didn't please God, nor did it lead me to edifying or glorifying his name. And I learned from um, Romans 12 and 1 that my body is to present it as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing and and acceptable to God. And that is my true worship to God. You know, and I had to transform my mind according to the word and the will of God and ask myself, is this bringing me closer to God and is it edifying his name? And this really helped me tremendously to filter out the things in my life that, you know, didn't serve me or God, and I replaced them with the habits and a mindset that brought me closer to God. So to know when you shouldn't accept certain things um, is when you start to understand God's character and his love for you. And when you learn about God through through the reading of his word, your faith becomes stronger and you learn more about his promises Um, that he made to us and how he wants us to live with him eternally in heaven um the second and final question was i hope that answered your question by the way if it did not please um ask more and i will try to help um the second and final question is how to repent and how to be redeemed in the eyes of god um and this is a great question you know first off i'm very happy for the both of y'all um that asked the question Um, that y'all are willing to repent and wanting to know how to please God with your life. Um, And I went in depth in the episode called What is Sinning? um, and explained the importance of uh, repentance. And to repent is to confess with your heart that what you did was wrong and unpleasant to God, that it was the opposite of his will for you and not what he has called you to do. And you ask that God forgives you. But this is the most important thing about repenting. And some people miss this. When you repent, you not only ask God to forgive you, but you change from your ways. You change from your wrongdoings. You change from your evil ways. And when you repent, you are confessing that you did wrong. And you turn away from that. You don't run back to it knowing that God will just forgive you. And I feel that um that's like sadly like, that's like the most main things that like some people they they um they confuse God's grace. God is very gracious. God is very merciful. God's very loving. And when we mess up we must ask God that he forgive that he were to forgive us. Even when we feel like we didn't mess up, we should always be act, um, asking for repentance. Um, but with that, 
it is not to take advantage of God, but it is more so realizing that we cannot live this life on our own. And because you repent earnestly, God will forgive and cleanse you from that sin. And it's up to us to completely turn away from that sin and seek Jesus. And that is also, that's always, you know, the ultimate goal, which is to seek Jesus, to be more Christ-like. And that is why we call ourselves Christians. Um, We are followers of Christ. Now, when you ask about being redeemed in the eyes of God, I think that's also very important. You know, I wanted to look up the meaning of redeemed to better explain this. So to be redeemed or to redeem something means to gain or regain possession of something in exchange for payment. When I read the word payment, I immediately thought of Jesus dying on the cross for us. And because of his death and resurrection, we are able to be seen as righteous in the eyes of God. And when we are washed in the blood of the lamb, we are covered in his blood. In the precious blood that saves us, it is his grace that is covering us. We cannot save ourselves. Our work will not get us into heaven, back to the Father without faith. We must believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins, for we are sinners and we have fallen short to the from the, of the glory of God. And because of Jesus Christ, we are saved by grace through faith. And because Jesus has paid the price of our sins, and the wages of sin is death, he has now redeemed us has now regained possession over us, which is through the gift of God, which is eternal life to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in heaven. Um, and that verse that I mentioned, um, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal. That is um, Romans 6 and 16. Uh, so as encouragement to all of you, keep living for God keep the faith in him keep walking with god keep putting your confidence and your hope in him trust in him for he will never and has never left you nor forsaken you he is good he is a good father and he loves you continue to read his word um continue to read his promises that he has made to us and talk to him let him know your troubles let him know what worries you, what what makes you anxious, what makes you feel like you don't understand who you are, what makes you uh, be afraid and what makes you feel lost, what makes you feel less than. Because God cares for you and he is patiently waiting for you. He is knocking at your door. All you have to do is open the door and let him in. He is a gentleman. He is not going to ram his way <laughs> through that door, you know. Let him, you know, let him in. Try him today and see what the Lord will do for you. Ooh, all right, let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for reminding us of your love and your grace and of your son, Jesus Christ, for dying on the cross for us because we couldn't have done it. Only you, God, because you are the only perfect one. God, thank you 
for continuing to watch over us. And Lord, I ask that you give us the discernment, give us the guidance of your Holy Spirit to, to help us recognize the things that we enter in our life, that we let enter in our life. Lord, help us to realize our lifestyle, who we live for, what kingdom we are serving, God. God, redirect us back to your kingdom. God, you said that if we first seek the kingdom of God, all things will be added to us. And God, I ask that you help us to seek your kingdom so that we may experience your blessings upon blessings upon blessings and that our cup be overflow. God, I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all, go on. Y'all have a great day. Y'all stay safe. And if you can't stay safe, be careful. Know that God is walking with you, that he loves you. I love you and wish the best for you. And y'all, yeah, y'all have a great day. All right. I'll see y'all later. Bye-bye.